It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hakeem Adeniji is going to be stepping in for Lyle Collins at right tackle, and we'll break down his film in addition to was the second half as bad as it looked on offense and what went right for the defense against the Patriots. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, joined today by Mike at Bengals underscore Sands Santagata to get into some film breakdown as the Bengals took on the Patriots and got out of Foxborough with a victory on Saturday. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So if you're new as the Bengals make this playoff push and hope to get the one seed, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts, and join the first listen club as many, many Bengals fans are listening to Locked On Bengals as they gear up for this playoff run. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM, which lets you realize your dream of being an NFL general manager, visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store and get a 100% free boost to your franchise using promo code locked on in all caps in the game. Mike, we're going to start today with Hakeem Adenogy, who played a lot of snaps against the Patriots, and it was a tough test. There's some really good players on that Patriots defensive front, especially at the edge, or at least Bill, as he does, Bill Belichick getting excellent production. Out of those edge guys, Dietrich Wise, Matthew Judon, and Joshua Uche. All those guys creating problems of their own. I'm not sure how much of Uche actually Adenogy saw based on alignment, but I know he saw his fair share of Judon. Probably some of Wise. Not necessarily players of that caliber, although Gregory Rousseau with the Bills coming up this week is good, and that will be the matchup as Rousseau lines up exclusively over the right tackle or on the, on the left side of the defense for the Bills. So overall, Mike, PFF says he, Hakeem Adenogy had eight pass rush losses in addition to one pressure allowed. Joe Burrow was getting rid of the ball pretty quickly. It wasn't always the prettiest of pockets, although there were some really nice ones as well in this game. When you focused on Hakeem Adenogy, what stood out to you? Yeah, uh, the athleticism difference with him and Collins, I think, is pretty drastic. Just the flexibility and athleticism of Denigy to get in there, and he just fires off the ball. He's a little bit too jittery with his feet and stuff, kind of makes like typewriter feet, although not in the great way that you want to hear that. Um, but he moves really well. He moves out of his stance really well. He gets into his pass set quickly, and he's not overly experienced, but – that is like the first thing when I when I watched him, just because you see Collins the entire time. And not that Collins is like insanely slow or anything out of his stance or anything like that, where he's like what people feared Orlando Brown might have been coming out of college or something like that. But just he is on the lower end. And then to see a Denigy who's probably more above average athleticism, which 
on the Bengals offensive line is good because <laughs> uh, they're not oh, huge athletes. Uh, that was interesting, and that was the first thing I noticed with him, although there are definitely not so good things as well. As, but start positive. You know, there was, a, there was the athleticism and firing out of his stance. And you take some athleticism, right? But there is going to be a very different feel to the right side of that offensive line in the skill set differential between those guys, even if Lyle wasn't moving all that well and he wasn't moving great. And, you know, we talked a lot this year about the, the signature LC move to when he's beat around the edge, get that little diving push to buy Joe Burrow just a little bit of time, which was surprisingly effective at times, although a real desperation move and, and kind of ugly to watch on tape. There is a, a big difference in those guys in terms of, of how they move. And, you know, Elsie hadn't had the greatest year of pass protection. The issues popped up for him for time to time. It wasn't constant. And he had his share of really good pass pro snaps as well. So let's start with pass pro because I think the bigger difference maybe in the running game. I guess we'll see. Adenergy has a lot to prove, I think, in both of these regards. But at least on paper to me, because Collins didn't have the great year of pass pro, do you think that there's a chance Adenergy at least can kind of be around the same level in terms of protection? Yeah, it'll be different. Um, I think while Collins usually got to the right spot, it was not – super common although it would happen that he got beat immediately like he would get there he would get his hands on the guy and then whatever reason he just couldn't really hold that block sustain mm -hmm. that block he would fall down or push or dive and push the guy rather than be able to just clamp him if a dead gets into a position of advantage like you know inside hand on the in the armpit you know type of <laughs> you know what are you talking about you know strikes his hands on the inside of the defender or even the, the Willie Anderson club, one hand on the inside, one hand on the outside, riding him along the outside. He holds it. Like he did that against Matthew Judon. Like he's able to hold his position of advantage. He's able to, I'm in this position. You're not winning now. Uh, whereas Law Collins, he get into that position and then just whatever. I don't know <laughs> what it is with his injuries, but he just kind of body would give out. Uh, so that's one of the positives of the difference in them in pass protection. One of the negatives is he does lose. He, he has immediate losses. There, there are plays where what the defender is trying to throw at him works, whatever it is. And that happened a few times this game. Um, it, it could have just been he reacts too hard to an inside fake like he did once to Josh Suche, uh, Matthew Judon just got him a time or two. It's, he also doesn't have the – rhythm of the snap down it was a silent count so mm -hmm. this is the rhythm of center down up snap or sometimes they do down snap as you go up down up hold snap type thing you know they've got a few different ones just so the defense doesn't know but you see jonah williams almost false start every time and some people will call it a false start but they're not calling it so it's not a false start <laughs> you know if it's giving him advantage it's not a false start uh as long as they're not calling it so he he, he fires out and the last one out of his stance will be a dead energy at times. As awesome as he is exploding out of his stance, he's not getting there at the snap of the ball. Like it's a second, not a second, but you know, a millisecond after the ball is snapped, everybody else is moving and then he moves. And okay. that's something that has to be cleared up. I think that's something that comes with time though. Uh, if this is still an issue week, one of the playoffs, I think that becomes a concern like a long-term concern, but as of now, it's kind of just, okay, well, that could just be, you know, he doesn't have the 
this offense's snap guy. It's a new center, new center making the, you know, the head moves. It's not Trey Hopkins anymore. And even when it was Trey Hopkins, I mean, he played a few games, but he wasn't a 17 game starter for that team last season. So there's, you know, there's a few differences there. Collins was usually on time with the snap count and he would usually get into that position of advantage and then wouldn't hold it. Adenji doesn't always get to the position of advantage, but when he gets there, he's able to hold it and pass protect for longer. Uh, whatever you prefer. I, I, <laughs> I think it's up to whoever is the quarterback really like do do I want to know my guy is probably going to lose at two and a half seconds or do I want a guy I don't know if he's going to lose at one and a half seconds or if he's going to hold that for four seconds yeah it seems to me and we'll see how it goes the next couple of weeks this is something that I want to watch with Burrow it seems like he's really comfortable with having a feel for when the pressure is going to come with with the continuity they had on the offensive line. So we'll see how that affects things with the energy last year. There was a lot of that instant loss or unblocked guys, communication issues. So that will be something to watch as well as, you know, Zach Taylor in his press conference on uh, Tuesday was talking about, you know, the job LC did com- com- communicating to the tight ends and to Alex Kappa as well. And so, there will be some some work for Adenergy there as well, but he's been in the system for a while now too. He's been around for a while, and so with a couple of games at home, hopefully the snap count stuff goes away. I think we need to talk about the run blocking as well because Kappa and Collins had been really good this year at the power running game, the, the moving guys vertically stuff in particular. And when Collins got a full head of steam going, he was – gonna put guys on their butt and he did that a few times throughout this year so we'll come back to the offensive line here in just a second and then get into some of the other things the offense did well because i thought joe burrow was again continues to play at just a really high level so we'll get into that in a minute today's episode of locked on bengals brought to you by ultimate football gm a game that i've been playing with on my phone when I have a little bit of downtime. And if you've ever dreamed of being an NFL GM and hiring and firing coaches based on the schemes you like, the schemes that your players can run, trading players, gaming the system for all those extra draft picks like you've done in Madden, well, NFL Ultimate GM is the game for you. And right now, Lockdown Bengals listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code locked on, that's in all caps in the in-game store. That's locked on in all caps. So you can check it out today for that boost. You can find it at ultimate-gm.com or in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before we dive into Joe Burrow and the rest of this offense, Mike, and they were so close to this not being an exciting finish, more exciting than we wanted it to be against the Patriots. If just one guy 
makes one more somewhat difficult catch. It's probably talking about a different game, and we'll get there. But before we do, really quickly, want to finish on the Adenergy Collins stuff where we've talked all year about what Collins brings as a run blocker, his ability to move people in the power game in particular. Adenergy, not quite as powerful, I would say. Am, am I right in that assessment? What do, what do you think that will look like? Will they have to change the way they're calling this run game? Almost was my mute button. <laughs> um, yeah, I, he's not as powerful. There's few guys that really are as powerful as Lowe Collins. Uh, those double teams were awesome. They still ran that. Uh, they, they were really liking long trap, which is similar to power. You pull the guard, but you're going to kick out the end with the guard and let the double teams climb to the second level rather than have that guard pull a wrap around. Um, he, did a, he did a fine job. It, they weren't displacing that defender like when it was uh, LC out there. But, you know, Cap is good on those, and I think mm-hmm. he's going to raise the floor of those double teams himself. The reason they were awesome was because both those guys were good on those. Now you've got a guy who's good on those and a guy who it's not his thing, but, you know, they come together, and that's going to create at least a solid level block for the most part, as long as they keep getting that communication down, getting hip to hip and hitting those guys square. Uh, but that game was the, – the long trap game was still working. That's what I found interesting was they were running it and the explosive play, the explosive run play that Mixon had in this game came when LC was out. It came mm-hmm. when it was Hakeem Denshi over there. It was a 12 personnel shotgun long trap uh, and the heck of a block from the tight ends, actually. It was Asi Asi, I believe, made an awesome block yeah. uh, on that and climbed to the second level. But that was with uh, Adenji and Denji overtakes the block after Asi Asi leaves and he doesn't give up ground. He just, you know, that's, does his job. So I, I think it's still there. You may not get the uh, – I think you were afforded some not-so-great pool, you know, pooling kickout blocks when you had LC and Kappa, and I could think of a few instances. But, you know, if the guard isn't going to kick that guy out, but that double team moves the other guy way out of there, that's going to create a hole no matter what as long as that guard doesn't lose – like let the guy cross his face and get into the hole as long as he just holds his position he wins so you may not get those anymore where you get a big sized hole even though the guard doesn't kick a guy out very far uh but i do think it gives i think he has an okay baseline on these type of power runs and he should in theory we i don't think we saw enough for me to have a real strong opinion of him as a as a run blocking right tackle uh but in theory i think you should be able to see on these zone plays or other plays that ask him to get to that second level he might be a little bit better in space can't say that it's for sure a thing but i think in theory with the athleticism that he has that he should be able to get in space and make these blocks a little bit better although lc was always awesome on that crack toss and giving him a little bit extra time with the toss and everything to get out in front and just mow people down you're probably not going to see that with the dentist even though he can really run yeah it'll be interesting to see the run game in general they've had a couple of down weeks against some pretty good defenses against the run in tampa and in new england and We'll see if they can get anything going this week. At some point, they should probably find a way to run the ball for more than three yards a carry. I think that would probably be good. Uh, better than running the ball for three yards a carry is running the ball for more than three yards a carry. It didn't really matter because they were mostly getting what they wanted on offense anyway. And that was in the form of Joe Burrow throwing the ball well over 30 times in the first half and a whole lot more in the second half. And man, like I said, 
if Trent Irwin makes that catch or Jamar Chase makes one of two sort of tough catches on, on some really well-thrown vertical balls from Joe Burrow or T. Higgins makes a tough one-handed catch when he's probably being held in the corner of the end zone. Well, this game probably isn't very interesting down the stretch and the Bengals don't need a miracle force fumble to sneak out of Foxborough with a win. And then there's, you know, the, the interceptions. I would say there's there's like two mistakes, maybe three mistakes Joe Burrow had in this game. And they all came on him kind of getting a little bit fooled by the defense. Two of those were on the pick on the third down. The the one he just throws up to Jamar Chase where he's not on the same page. I think, you know, it's, it's a zero look. And, you know, not all on Burrow, but I, I don't know if he knew necessarily where the guys were coming from on that play. The very next third down, there's another zero look and Burrow changes the play for a zero look. And then he has to turf it because the Patriots drop out of it. So those two, and then the one where Elsie gets hurt actually is another one where I think he thought he had something. He changes the play. The Patriots change their play in response and Burrow has to turf it outside of that. Incredible accuracy, incredible anticipation, really gr- good timing in this game. Am I missing anything, Mike? Dropping some dimes yeah. down the field. I mean, the Patriots were trying to take away those deep shots, two high coverages all day, and he was just putting that ball in between the safeties, in between the corner and the safety, just hitting these down-the-field hole shots that are, you know, typically – reserve for the higher echelon of quarterbacks to be able to hit consistently and burrow was hitting those i mean he hit trent irwin on a incredible three, throw three of those yeah he hit one to the corner and then two down the seam although irwin didn't catch the one and then mm-hmm. he hits you know should have hit chase on another one i don't know i thought the patriots were trying to take away that stuff and burrow just kind of said like well you can't defend a perfectly throw ball <laughs> and he would perfectly throw the ball there's also the uh, third and 17 to chase, which is another perfect throw. There's another out to out, chase out. where it's the, the ball is out as he's, you know, reaching his break, like well before the break, as as uh, JTO Solomon would say, capital uh, A anticipation on that throw. Joe Burrow's playing at an incredibly high level, and I know he has great receivers and that is apparently the new thing for detractors is that his receivers are helping him out. And sure, not on Saturday, so, but uh, <laughs> I mean, Higgins against Marcus Jones. Like, yeah, Higgins did, uh, but you know, he like, had some drops and you know, the receptions that were, yeah, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect. Tyler Boyd, that's entirely on Tyler Boyd. The yeah. first interception, the Jason McCordy interception. You can see it. I tweeted the clip, the Joe Burrow reaction, the T Higgins reaction. It's just, uh, just one of those, one of those plays. For TB, where you don't expect that from him and you don't expect it going forward. And and I know Joe Burrow had words for Tyler on the sideline after that play. Not something I would worry about necessarily, but people are talking about this game. Some people, not many, are talking about this game as if it wasn't some sort of masterclass because his stat line isn't quite what it could have been. But Joe Burrow was excellent against the Patriots. Really yeah. good defense, too. Devin McCourty. I, I had to figure that I'd correct that eventually. <laughs> Did I say Jason? Yeah, Jason's been retired a couple of years, yeah, I think. Yeah, my bad. Uh, but uh, the other thing that I was just going to mention is fun game for anybody who wants to watch the All-22 is whenever Burrow throws a ball to the sideline, outbreaking route, uh, go back 
don't watch the receiver at all. Pause right when Burrow pulls a pin on the grenade and he takes his hand off and see where the receiver is because he's never going to already have been broken. <laughs> he's just he throws with such good anticipation. Like any any throw that's an out route, I can make a, a, a fun clip because it's like. I know he threw that with good anticipation because he has to, too, because, you know, he doesn't have the Mahomes, Herbert, Allen arm, which does isn't always a negative. It's, you know, that means that he has to be on time and do everything well. He can't be late. And he isn't. He isn't late. He makes the same throws. He's just throwing it with anticipation and early. And it's incredible anticipation incredible accuracy those those outs to chase on on the third and 17 and it was, i don't even remember the down and distance I, th- I think it was a first and 10 was the other one it might have been a second but really incredible stuff the one to Irwin in, in the in the hole to trent Irwin. this isn't jamar chase out there getting separation I mean, and one of those was not uh, not a, at least one of them. Maybe both of those weren't too high for Chase that I was just talking about. But this one was just a beautiful hole shot. And uh, if Burrow continues to play this way, it, it, he, he's playing like the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Over the last seven weeks, I'd take him uh, with, with any of these guys, even if he doesn't have the crazy power, arm, and spectacle of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts or whoever else you want to talk about. And so as long as they've got him – playing a high level of football, this team can play with anybody. And the defense is playing pretty well, too. Guys keep stepping up. We'll talk about some of those guys that stepped up here to finish up the show. This episode of Locked on Bengals is brought to you by Audible, who is releasing a slate of football podcasts we know you're going to love. And we're so confident. That's why you're going to be able to find an episode from the league available as a bonus episode on Locked on NFL. It's going to be narrated by... Legendary Smack Talker Super Bowl champion Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster Taylor Rooks. The league is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss these stories going from the 1940s, going way back all the way to the present. And the bonus episode you'll find on Locked On NFL, The Way of the Cowboy, the story of how the 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach their defense martial arts, which changed the way the league trained. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. You can find it again on Locked On NFL's stream right now, a bonus episode of the league, or catch a full series wherever you get your podcasts available now. Audible, get in the game. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Defense, Mike. It's time. There's a whole half of the ball. We only have a third of the show to get there. I thought the young guys stepped up. I thought Cam Sample had a nice game. I thought Joseph Osai had a nice game. Cam Taylor Britt continues to be a rookie second day, second round corner. Even even uh, Zach Carter, who we haven't talked about yeah. in a long time, uh, 
not on the field as much with with some guys healthy on that Bengals defensive front at this point, but he was making some plays too. Who who stood out to you on defense? What stood out to you on defense? Because I mean, the Patriots had nothing for the early part of this game, just absolutely nothing until Kendrick Bourne decided that he wanted to play like Jamar Chase for about a quarter and a half. <laughs> Quite a few guys, I mean, stand out on defense. This is the unit that's been so consistent for this team, especially with Reader healthy. Obviously, Reader, he stands out every week. He did again this he's the one who got there first on the fourth fumble. You know, he's he's just that guy where he's gonna make five oh my goodness type plays a game, I think. Yep. And uh, you know, that's just something the offenses have to deal with. Um I do think Joseph Osai, Cam Sample, Zach Carter, Cam Sample had a supercharged version of the game he usually has, although with more pass breakups, where they target him a little bit, mm-hmm. gives some stuff up, but then late in the game, you know, he's breaking that ball up. He makes another pass breakup and as the last play of the defense, you know, he's he steps up when it matters. Can, and can I ask one question? Okay. So it seemed like to me the Patriots were going after the Cam Taylor Britt Von Bell battery, even when they were in split safety. Yeah. And they they were thinking, oh, you're playing middle of field open, but we're throwing sideline anyway. Did did that's like three or four times it seemed like they thought you guys just can't get over the top. And they just tried to throw over the top of both of them. Yeah, I can think of the Taekwon Thornton play. I believe that was a split two field. Of two of them. And Maybe then the last last play of the game was a Kendrick Bourne throw, I believe. And that was also similar where they're just they think that their guy can beat Cam Taylor Britt. Well, right and or the, wrong. And the Kendrick Bourne catch that was challenged and then ruled a catch after review. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was an insane throw. <laughs> but yes, it is yeah. it is the same thing. They're attacking the Cam Taylor Britt Von Bell duo. So they think their guy can beat Cam Taylor Britt, and then they think that you know Von Bell doesn't have the range to get over the top. Right or wrong, they were right on some instances, and they uh, and those guys made plays on other instances. So I do think that is that was their game plan: uh, attack those guys. Which I don't know if you are picking a guy and you trust your wide receivers, why wouldn't you attack a rookie corner? That is kind of where it is. And if you're going to attack a split field side, you're probably not going to attack the one with the rangy safety. <laughs> so right. it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, the other thing I, I want to talk about on the defense is those blitzes worked. I don't know what it was about the pressure path, but or maybe they just knew specific formation tells or something, but they got a free runner like four times, and they don't blitz often. So mm-hmm. they got Von Bell on a, a couple of those. They got Mike Hilton in the run game once. You know, it was just – it felt like the blitz stuff, which isn't always working for the Bengals, it worked in this instance. So I don't know if that's something that – you know, it's something to watch because, like, can they get these blitzes to be more effective when Sam Hubbard's out? I thought, also thought they stunted a, a tiny mm-hmm. bit more than normal. Um, and Cam Sample did a really good job on those. And so did Trey Hendrickson and well, everybody, <laughs> but I think of Cam Sample specifically, cause he got a really nice pressure on one of those. Uh, yeah. I thought they had interesting plans for being down Sam Hubbard to not just allow Trey Hendrickson with a broken wrist, just have their pass rush game plan be go win guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he was still winning, which was awesome. I saw him use a swipe move and I'm like, you know, what's that? <laughs> It's got to be some type of cornerstone thing to be able to use a swipe with a broken hand because that's got to hurt. Yeah. Uh, but he was hitting it. it. It worked on Trent Brown. I thought he had a good game. And 
I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting how the Bengals chose to create pressure, uh, manufacture pressure, and it worked. So it's something to look for in the next game against the Bills. Uh, I haven't looked to see how their offensive line and Josh Allen does on these situations. And when the Bengals send pressure, they don't always just send pressure. It could be creepers. It could be four-man rush with Vaughn Bell coming off one side. But they also send zero and zone blitzes. So they kind of send all of that, but not that often. And will it stay at an increased level? Will it still be as effective? That's uh, something that I think is one of the main things I'm looking for for next week and into the week, however long Sam Hubbard's out. And can you keep using it with Hubbard out in the raw in the game because you know it's still useful yeah and the third down package i actually liked cam sample bj hill inside with joseph osai and, and trey hendrickson outside it was a pretty effective third down personnel grouping for them uh just just talking about josh allen a little bit here because you, you brought up the translation where you have a very static uh new england offense that doesn't really do a whole lot of play action doesn't really have a dynamic player at quarterback very opposite in josh allen who is you know, modern Brett Favre or <laughs> modern athletic Ben Roethlisberger. And I, and I say that in terms of, you know, size, obviously, for, for the Ben thing, but just like reckless abandon is, is the way Josh Allen plays a quarterback position. PFF has uncharted a 29 turnover-worthy plays this year against 41 big-time throws, which I think is the most in both of those categories, which is... <laughs> He's a gamer. Um, very Brett Farvian, right? I mean, but but this is where turnover-worthy play stuff, and, and we talk about luck, right, with, with Joe Burrow, who had his first turnover-worthy play in a while this week, which was a pick where he throws it up to, to Jamar Chase's side. Josh Allen has 29 turnover-worthy plays this year, has 13 picks. Joe Burrow has, like, since week three anyway, you, you throw out week one and two, and I've and I did and we talked about the stats yesterday, and I've got them on my timeline as well. The lowest turnover-worthy play rate at quarterback, and yet he still has like five picks in that time. That's what we talk about when we talk about luck. Josh Allen is hitting defenders in the hands, and they're dropping the ball, and Joe Burrow is having passes deflected and picked. And anyway, going back to the point you were making about the blitz stuff, that is going to be really interesting. Uh, the PFF split, and I know they define blitzes a little bit weirdly sometimes, but. They've got Josh Allen as being blitzed on 28% of, the, of his dropbacks, his yards per attempt, two yards lower than when he's not blitzed, and his completion I, percentage about 10% lower than when I he's remember, not blitzed. I was surprised how effective Miami's blitzes were way early in the season. So I kind of made note of that in my mind. I was like, well, the Bengals just did all this blitzing. Can, can they use a little bit of that with Josh? I don't think they're going to do the whole let's line up in zero – 30 times this game like they did to Lamar the one time yeah. but you know it's just as a wrinkle for uh it's a third down and seven you know let's let's just send some heat or at least send a creeper or something and maybe their line can't pick it up because they like to live in empty too and it's just really hard to do from empty uh so yeah that it was just something I I, I watched it and I made note of because it was more effective than normal and then can you translate that into the next week also i think josh allen faces so many blitzes because think of those teams that are the, the dolphins yeah the patriots like the blitz even the jets a little bit you know it's they got they got some guys who like to uh send the heat and uh, let let allen play that high variance game i'm just looking to see he is blitz at like roughly an average rate okay 28 percent, right around the middle of the nfl 
nobody blitzes Joe Burrow by comparison. Joe that must Burrow be why I was thinking twenty eight percent seems so high. And I was like, well, Burrow doesn't get blitzed anywhere near that. Yeah. So so guys like Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Tom Brady don't get blitz. Those guys twenty two percent. Patrick Mahomes, 20% Burrow, and 19% Brady rounding there a little bit. But a whole lot of the league is in like the 26 to 30% range. So uh, not not an extraordinary blitz rate for Allen, but it will be interesting. Big game for Logan Wilson. Seems like the Bengals like to use Logan Wilson as a spy, especially without Sam Hubbard. A lot of times when they drop eight, they would use Sam Hubbard as that spy. Feels like that job might be a little bit more of Logan Wilson's this week. And he's been good. The linebackers, we've talked about them. They've been good. This week was no exception. And uh, another big task, right? I, I worry. The, the big thing that I worry about translating is that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs can probably make you pay a little bit more if they catch Cam Taylor, Britt, Von Bell on one side than Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne can. Even though Kendrick Bourne made, like, Kendrick Bourne had it incredible second half really really some impressive plays from him stefan diggs is better josh <laughs> allen is better so that that's the one thing that i'm kind of looking at and thinking you try to prevent that from happening if you're the bengals because they did switch sides for cam taylor Britt against the patriots which is kind of interesting too right yeah i didn't really figure out why i don't yeah. I, I thought matchup at first and i see the wide receivers going to both sides i, I I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Eli. Well, Eli, no, that's Chido. That's Chido Bebusia's side on the other side. So mm-hmm. I don't even. I have no idea. Uh, maybe Eli just wanted to try over there and get to the, the uh, switch. The, the one theory I saw was that because of the stinger, for whatever reason, that side might have been somewhat easier for him to play. But who knows? Like that's so speculative. I, I have no idea. It doesn't. It, it was interesting though, and we'll see what happens this week. Maybe it's in preparation for Stefan Diggs. Or something. They gotta build up build up the the uh numbers that the the low paid film guys are doing for those teams. Like, well, he's normally a right corner, but we did find 30 snaps yeah. on the list. Yeah. Recently they've been playing him on the other side. Anyway. <laughs> uh that's gonna do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. As always, we appreciate Mike joining us. You can find his work at all Bengals. You can find him on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sands. You've got a podcast of your own. Mike, you've been doing all year with Lindsay Patterson. You can Find that as well because there's there's a lot of Bengals content out there. And as long as you're listening to Locked on Bengals first, you can go listen to Mike second. Just just a little, little friendly competition there. Anyway, Mike, we always appreciate it. That's going to do it. Like I said, we're back tomorrow with Crossover Thursday, and it's early. So Crossover Thursday comes on the first day the Bengals will practice this week. Going to be a little bit different as it was last time the Bengals played on Monday Night Football, and the schedule will just be pushed, right? So Crossover Thursday still happens on Thursday, and then the preview will be uh, coming on Sunday, and we'll find uh, some other things to talk about as the Bengals continue to practice to wrap up the work week this week on Friday and head into the new year. So we appreciate all of you for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast, and until next time, day. And have a good Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.